God only knows. Because God is all-knowing, boys and girls. Even the Beach Boys knew that. When he was trying to shag some girl, well, they were trying to shag a girl, they knew that God was the only one that knew whether they'd be able to do it or not. And before that was Alice Cooper, my God. And you're, of course, on the vinyl lounge on the most holiest of days, Nail Up Day 2018. Our 20th anniversary, in fact, of Nail Up Day. Well, that's 19, really, actually, when I think about it, because next year would be our 20th anniversary of Nail Up Day, because we didn't start until November 1998. Oh, right. Not, not, so I've, I've, I've bullshitted you there, sorry. I feel as though I'm, I don't know, a Catholic padre. Bullshitting you. Some kind of right. religious person. Now, we left the story where Jesus and the gang were fronting their first court appearance. Now, this was only a local court matter, so it was, of course, dismissed on the grounds that uh, Jesus and his mates were first offenders, and uh, Jesus, of course, had had a fairly harsh upbringing. I mean, let's face it, he didn't really know who his father was at that stage. Uh, He was told it was the Lord God Almighty, but you think about that for a minute. And think how stressful that's going to be for you as a small boy. Uh, your mum sits you down and uh, and you're saying, okay, who was my dad? Because you're not sure, because you don't actually look like Joseph. Because uh, you've got blonde hair and pale skin and everything and uh, you are not got that swathy sort of look that Joseph had. And, uh, and mum says, well, uh, because, you know, she wanted to be a, a truthful kind of a woman of Mary. And she said, well, to be perfectly honest, uh, you were, in fact, um, as a result of a union between me and the Lord God Almighty. You know, that's going to stress you out a bit, to be honest. You're going to be mildly concerned. You're probably going to be a bit of a disruptive force at school and then from there on, which, of course, is what happened. So the Jesus gang continued on their path for a number of years, progressively getting more and more violent, AP. Yes, criminal path. Criminal path, exactly. They uh, gathered a couple more people together, and instead of the gang of 12, it was the gang of 14, eventually. Oh, what? uh, Added a couple. Yeah, they had a couple couple on the interchange bench. Well, no, it wasn't so much a couple on the interchange bench, but you know how, like, there's always those couple of nerdy kids that want to join some kind of a gang and be tough? You know, like Potsy Webber. Yeah, me too. Actually, yeah, exactly. Too. You know, when when uh, Richie Cunningham and uh, Potsy Weber wanted to join the um, the Demons Gang on Happy Days, that kind of a thing. Yep. So they ended up at fourteen as a gang of well, fifteen really, because you know we obviously have to take Jesus into account. And they commenced, or they continued, I should say, their life of crime. Going around, overturning tables, standover tactics. Then, of course, Jesus hooked up with the hooker, Mary Magdalene. So naturally, of course, we're into racketeering, numbers, prostitution, all those kinds of things. Now, this obviously is going to get the attention of the Romans and possibly go all the way back to Rome. Now, communication wasn't what it was or what it is now, of course. So it took a while for the messages to get back to Rome and then get back to Palestine, as it was called then, in fairness, not Israel. That came a bit later on. And eventually, after a number of complaints and uh, several court cases and court appearances by the Jesus gang, 
<coughs> where they always claim that, you know, unhappy childhood and that sort of thing. As you know, your Gen Ys do nowadays, frankly. I mean, he was the Gen Y of his time. You know, useless, dumb, bloody narcissistic. If he had a, been able to take photos of himself, he would have, but he didn't. Everyone just painted pictures of him and he went around and said, yeah, that's me. I'm looking good. Anyway, finally, he was arrested. And this time he was sent in front of Sandrahin, the judge. Judge Sandrahin. A bit like Judge Judy, but a male. Right. And he said, well, what are you doing, Jesus? Why do you want to go and do all these kinds of things? It is very bad. You come from a good home. You have a nice mother. The Lord God Almighty is your father. Why, why, why do you want to be like this? You are guilty. And of course, the Jesus gang, with a good brief, appealed. And it went up the chain of command to Pontius Pilate, who was, of course, the Jewish ruler of that part of Palestine, as it was called in those days. On the authority of the Rome, the Roman, or the, sorry, of Rome, not the Roman Catholics, I was going to say, because they hadn't become Catholics then. That took another 300 years. And Pontius Pilate looked down upon him and said, Oh, mate, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you here? And Jesus looked up and said, Yeah, mate, I'm the son of God. Don't fucking give me this kind of shit, mate. Why would you say something like this? And he sent it back to the lower court because, of course, Pontius Pilate didn't want the aggravation. Because by now, the Jesus gang, you know, remember he fed the 5,000 earlier in the piece? So he had a bit of popularity. He was like, you know, Sam Giacano in New York, 1900 years later. So he had a bit of popularity amongst the local people, you know, local guy makes good. A bit Ned Kelly-ish. In Australia, you know, even though he's he was a murdering thug, everyone now thinks of him as a hero. Che Guevara, you know, gain murdering thug. You know how you, you've been working on your Jewish accent? Yep. Oh, Euphoria's just uh, stepped into the chat room and said you sound like Mel Brooks. <laughs> well, he's Jewish. <laughs> he is Jewish. Why would you say such a thing? <laughs> what are you talking about? Anyway, so... Pontius Pilate sends it back to the lower court. The lower court says, no, mate, no, he's fucking guilty. But they say it in a Jewish accent. Sends it back to Pilate. And Pilate says, I wash my hands of this. Yes. And then, of course, the music started and, you know, all went there. And next thing you know, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, which I could have played, but I couldn't be bothered. So eventually he gets convicted and sentenced. And, of course... He is the only one because he's decided to take the rap. What we didn't know at that point in time, though, that Judas Iscariot was a rat, was a dog, turned on him like a bloody dog. For a measly 30 pieces of silver, he had informed on his mate. And so when they committed their their last crime before turning up in front of Shandrahin, he copped the 30 pieces of silver and dobbed his mate in. As easily bought by a lousy 30 pieces of silver as AP was bought by three chocolate bars 
to forget all about BP's contamination of basically the entire globe. It's true. Weren't you, ba- uh, weren't you AP? Three oh, chocolate yeah, the, bars the, uh, gone. Pictures, the oil covered penguins that I was and the and the pelicans that there were. You, you know, didn't give a shit because of the oil and the grime and everything. Like didn't that care. all went away because of a couple of king size cherry ripes. Couple of king size cherry ripes. Now you know how Judas Iscariot felt when he got <laughs> at least thirty pieces of silver. Dobbed his mate in, wore a wire as they were standing over some people in some na- numbering and some racketeering. And, of course, we didn't have the Rico how, statute. How did they pick up a wire in those days? They didn't even have two soup cans to put on the end of the string. Well, in fairness, it was a bloke standing behind Judas Iscariot um, smacking, a number, uh, smacking a chisel on a tablet. Right. But that was, that was so common in those days because, you know, reporters were everywhere. So it's hard to work out that it yeah, was surveillance. Exactly. So it was a covert surveillance operation <laughs> by the uh, local Palestinian uh, division of the Rome police force. Because it was a national police force or international police force. And they finish, they finish the transcript and they say, take this carriage down. Take these down. 65 tablets. And so, a, and so a, uh, a, a convoy of chariots with stones. Correct. With the, the surveillance transcript. Correct. Uh, happened into them, was sent uh, post-haste. Correct. They, they couldn't go too fast or the, all the tablets would break. Well, that's road. you know that's why it took a while for him. Once he was arrested, he languished in the nick, and that's why we're not sure whether he was uh, crucified uh, in 30 AD or 33 AD. You know, it took about a year and a half for the tablets to get to Rome, yeah. and then a year and a half AD. to come back. When they got the tablets, they had to glue some back together. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know. trip down to the courthouse. Exactly. Hard to say whether he was guilty or not. They got around the wrong way. Couldn't yeah. work it out. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, anyway, the big day comes. Sentence has been handed down. He wanders. Uh, he, he's in the, the jail. Wanders outside along with George Harrison and a couple of other people. Gets the cross. Uh, forms two neat, tidy lines down to crucifixion. Yes. Right, form two lines. And off they go. And they go down to the hill. And Are we, are we covering the chick that offered to uh, carry the cross for a while for him? Or... Oh, is like that, in, in the movie? Yeah, is that just the... Uh, who directed that movie? Uh, um, Thingo from uh, Monty Python. Director's License, was it? Yeah, I, I'm not sure that was an entirely accurate portrayal of uh, Brian. Right. Even though numerous times in, uh, in the life of Brian, um, Jesus was doing his Sermon on the Mount and a couple of other things, you know, where... What do you mean, big nose? And that sort of thing. Yes. But he was uh, crucified up there with Brian, of course, because that you know that's historical fact. We, we, we do know that Jesus of Nazareth, gang leader, crock-shoe-wearing, sandal-wearing, long-flowing <laughs> robe, bloody hipster-looking gangster, with his pale white English-looking skin, along with his mates, whom escaped charge they they were they were let off you might notice jesus was the only one who was strung up or nailed up as it turned out and ap has noticed something particularly interesting in wikipedia the most authoritative source in the world even more so than encyclopedia britannica was he in fact nailed up with rope around his hands and then nails and one or two nails in each foot what is your professional opinion ap at this point in time if all listeners could refer, please, to uh, uh, wikipedia.org uh, forward slash crucifixion of Jesus, 
they will show you uh, Christ crucified circa 19, 1632. I think uh, it was before portrait. that, to be honest. No, the portrait. Oh, by right. Diego Velasquez. And that's got him uh, with, uh, with a nail uh, through each foot and a nail through each hand. And then if you go back down, oh, about two screens down, the New Testament narrative, uh, Bronzino's depiction of the crucifixion with three nails, no ropes, and a hypopodium standing support. Sounds like something you'd mount an antenna to. But oh, you would for sure. Case, yep. In this case, I'm just uh, talk, speaking to my audience there, Scott. Um, a hypopodium seems to be a footrest, at which point, what the hell reason is there to put him 12 feet in the air if they're going to give him a footrest? Well, it's interesting because the whole point of crucifixion is that you uh, are asphyxiated because you're, you're hanging there from your hands. Yeah. And it puts such pressure on your lungs that you do actually uh, die of asphyxiation. Now, I would also suggest, though, that the, the uh, and, and I think pretty much your Roman Catholic Church, your tykes, your forbies, uh, sorry, your left-footers, if you were to go into any kind of uh, left-footing church around the world, you will see that style where it's two nails in the hand and one in through the feet with the little thing holding him up, which, A, defeats the purpose of asphyxiation, and, B, if you are nailed through your hands without any other support, that's just going to tear through your hand after a couple of days, or a couple of hours at least, and you're going to fall down flat on your face and probably choke to death in the desert sands of uh, Palestine as it was in those days. So it's very controversial. I think what happened is that the, uh, the local uh, Israelite uh, news uh, journalist, when he was there, you know, tapping away at his tablets, uh, probably went, got pissed that night, going, oh, mate, see that Jesus bloke? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I have another uh, scotch, please. Uh, got pissed and dropped his tablets, and that's why we don't actually have the physical record of the crucifixion. Right. Although, having said that, I... story so that they can make whatever, whatever story up they want. Well, exactly. I think that's where we've had to go. Now, I will be travelling to Jerusalem... Uh, next month, uh, or possibly early April. I'm not sure which date I'll be there. But because of uh, my caring for the NetFM listener, I will study this and see if I can find bits of the tablet of the news report of the day to, 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 to provide the veracity and the accuracy of this alleged incident for the NetFM listener after 2018 years or whatever it is. Actually, no, it'd be less than that, wouldn't it? Whatever it is, whatever, 2018 minus 30 or 33 is. Ish. So, well, that's what I'll be doing for uh, for the listener, AP, uh, because that's the sort of care that I take in making sure that we're accurate. Because yeah, I don't like to bullshit the listener. A little bit of dire straits, a little bit of private investigation. A little bit of uh, private investigation, but of course we're not playing that today because that and doesn't... You'll cover, yeah, no. you'll cover that. Uh, you'll keep it under wraps. Any any um, breakthrough evidence, uh, of course, we'll have to wait till next nail update. Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, I, I know I'll... you keep a secret. Basically. Oh, yeah, well, you know, that's my job. That's what I used to do. Uh, so uh, it's not a problem at all. It's, so there uh, it is. Uh, Chris AWG said hyperpodium sounds like something that Michael Hutchins would be into. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. He was into a bit of hyper. <coughs> now, funny. Uh, 
and uh, although he, the spelling needs a bit of work, but he's mentioned that. Um, yes, whereas I've been contributing uh, in, in, a, in a lighter-hearted way to the uh, chat room by saying that there always used to be massive arguments about who at the Toga Party got to call themselves Biggest Dickest. Ah, yes. Was that before was, uh, the movie came out, though? Oh, you, you would have been around... You would have only been young when it originally came out, though, wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, it was... Uh, no, The Life of Brian was around for years before I started going to Toga Party. Well, that's what I was thinking, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so and then they used to have a uh, a dummy wearing a toga in the corner of the room with a bloody great big pole at the front of it. Really? Yes, and it used to have a little name tag on it uh, as well. There was the same guy held, I think, three toga parties that I that I went to. Caught sight of the future Mrs. AP at one of them too, but she went home early. Without you? Good. good. Oh, I hadn't met her at that point. Isn't that bizarre? So you actually spied well, Mrs. The future Mrs. AP at this toga. Was she wearing some like? Sexy togery kind of outfit. What was she wearing? And a gold, uh, some gold tinsel in her hair as well. Oh my god! And was that love at first sight? And you thought to yourself, "That is the woman that I'm going to marry and be depressed with for the rest of my life." Yes, you'd think that. Yes. Did you? I did. How romantic is that? There's a good sort. Wow, that's incredible. If only we had photographic evidence of this. Oh no, the tablet broke. That I. Ah damn! Wrote it down on. That's incredible. <laughs> that is, I'm just, wow, this is a side of you I did not know. Did they have a fish bowl at the door at those toga parties? Oh, Steve did have, Steve did keep fish. What, you're going to uh, put your keys in not, it? Not our fish, but uh, I imagine, um, uh, I imagine that uh, he's uh, asking for uh, less less serious reasons. I'm, I'm suggesting that he's... he's that he's thinking it's the sort of thing you throw your keys into. Toga party. Oh, look, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. If they, uh, knowing these guys, oh, no, they didn't need a fishbowl to throw their keys in. They would sink so much piss at these parties. My, my friend's missus would have uh, uh, a dozen cans of VB and a bottle of scotch. And what happened then? Oh, she was anyone's. In fact, uh, in fact, it was one of these toga parties where we actually uh, spotted... Her uh, riding a bloke laying on flat and back on the floor. Oh, no wonder Mrs. AP, the, sorry, the future Mrs. AP went home early, so she wasn't oh, partaking that yeah, kind of thing. Why, oh, she's a good sort. She doesn't hang around for the uh, for the end of the bottle of scotch. And probably yeah. best. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I know the circumstances. Euphoria has been to a party where the fishbowl was called into play. Really? Do, do tell on the chat room, uh, Euphoria. We're about to break the record for chat room attendance. Oh, my God. Euphoria is about to regale us with the fishbowl story. Oh. But I'm finished typing in what I said. But So the dummy in the corner with the name tag R.I.P. Jonas Holmes. <laughs> Sounds so noble when it's in Latin, doesn't it? I'm not 100% sure why they insisted. I went to three of these toga parties, and at all three of them, there was a dummy, uh, a tribute to to the late Jonas Holmes. I actually, I think he had to... It was in the later. Yeah, it was in the mid eighties. He died in eighty four, eighty five, didn't he, or eighty six? He wasn't even an attractive man. Like oh, Ron big, Jeremy was the other one who was huge in the porn industry, oh, and well, neither yeah, of them know, were good looking dudes. It was my birthday uh, back at the beginning of this week, and I got a, one of those um, e card, like a picture sent through as a text message, right, uh, from Rion, uh, who has is a South African with a mischievous sense of humour. Oh, okay, that explains and it. And it's Ron Jeremy in his later years. Tipping the scales at a handsome 140, probably naked on, laying on his stomach with "Happy Birthday, Big Boy." Oh my God! 
Yeah, you remember those. Yeah, it's As a, you would. Unusual worth birthday wish, but you remember it. By goodness. So uh, got now, hang on a second. Euphoria left with the whole fishbowl and hid it next door in the neighbour's yard. What, with all their keys in it, Euphoria? You bitch! Oh, and here we were thinking that we were going to have a saucy story there. You've stolen all their car keys. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. I'm appalled. Not the sort of thing we would expect from Euphoria, to be perfectly honest. Don't forget, boys and girls, jump into the chat room if you're uh, not already there. And uh, you can partake as well, and we will be there as well. It's time to get back to some music and some more spiritual music. Some music involving either something to do with religion anyway. It's a little bit of Norman Greenbaum. And he's discussing the spirit in the sky. You're on the Vinyl Lounge with Scotto and AP. No fishy tonight, no bazza because they've been caught up in the Australian cricket board debacle. 